Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for Accredited Investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast on your favorite podcast player. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing News for Accredited Investors. Check out the video webinar version of this episode on our YouTube channel or visit simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter and check out our sister podcast by searching for the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast on your favorite podcast player. It is November 2020 monthly market update. Today's Easter egg, if you would like to download, is the full UI share drive with pretty much all the goodies in there, investor files and spreadsheets, plus free access to the first three modules in the e-course. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club and join in there. But if you haven't met me, uh, my name is Lane Kaoka. I am the creator of Simple Passive Cashflow, all about distilling the secrets of the wealthy. But on today, we are going to be recapping some of the news that has been happening this last month. We'll get into the election a little bit. Uh, right now, it's still a little bit of a toss-up. It looks like Biden is probably going to come out ahead. But starting with teaching points that I've been working with some folks on lately. So a lot of people have been taking advantage of the CARES Act, getting $100,000 out of their retirement accounts, as we call it jailbreaking. One tactic that is being used is, say an investor has a big salary, so they're they're making over two, $300,000 a year, and they have a lot of money in their retirement account, but when they take money out of their retirement account, they slide it out as ordinary income. So if you're making over two, $300,000, you're in the, the highest tax bracket, it may make sense for you to put it into what's called a QRP instead. There's more information at simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP. It's another tool out there, right? Every situation is a little bit different and the QRP is not the right situation for everybody. But in certain cases, it is. I think what's another investor in our Hui group, which you guys can join on Facebook, just shoot me a message. We'll get you access to there. But folks are using, you don't get any tax benefits, unfortunately, when you invest via a QRP. So it's great for investing in Bitcoin or all these things that don't give you the tax advantages of real estate. Or you know, if you're just a private money lender or a debt investor, which I don't really see why you would want to do that in the first place. But if you that's what you do, or maybe you do life settlements too, that's a great use for the QRP for my video window. There it is. Another teaching point here, we've been using a lot of lately because we are able to be a little more liberal with the deductions. Some of the things that we we can do are by calling, we don't do home offices. That's a bad word. We call them administrative offices. And uh, we do this Augusta rule. A lot of this is in my tax guide at simplepassivecashflow.com slash tax. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax attorney. So I'm not giving you any legal advice. This is just to get the juices flowing so that you can also go to your tax professional and uh, yeah, pay less taxes. That's what it's all about. 
because you guys are the ones putting money into the economy and investing it. Oh, I had a thought here, and it looks like this is probably going to happen if Democrats would win. Just an idea here. Maybe we should convert more of our retirement accounts or maybe take out money of your QRP if you have one to cash. I'm thinking taxes will likely be going up generally, but understand it is mostly for the higher tax bracket folks. They're trying to hurt the guys that are $400,000 AGI and above. But if you guys are smart, your AGI isn't that high, you're able to bring it a lot lower. So I don't really want to get into the election or anything like that. But I, frankly, I don't care who wins because all the tax stuff, I, I personally fly under the radar. And that's really what the whole simple passive cash flow gravy train is all about. Investing in deals, getting passive losses, lowering your ordinary income with real estate professional status. It, it's all a game. It's a game. Paying less taxes legally. All the all these rules you don't really apply to you. So it doesn't really matter who's in office. And oh, by the way, it's really more depends who's in the Senate because they really make the laws. In my opinion, the president's kind of more of a figurehead, uh, especially when it comes to taxes and those types of things. But I'm probably going to be having Toby on the podcast next week discussing implications on taxes based on who wants to figure out who's actually the winner. But yeah, getting into the monthly news, President Trump got COVID-19 and I think it got swept under the rug after he got it. Never really heard the story get closed out, but shocked the financial markets. And I'm just like, what the heck does the president getting COVID have anything to do with the markets going up or down? And it's either that or newscasters are just fishing for news again. The other thing big at still at play, we're still waiting for that second really big stimulus plan that is taking a really long time to come through. Democrats want it a lot higher than Republicans, and it's been a stalemate. It'll probably get pushed through here in the next month as elections happen of those talks. But either way, I think a lot of real estate investors tend to be more on the right, more libertarian, if anything. But I don't really care one bit. Simple passive cash is not about being political one bit, but understanding which way things move and reacting the best way as an independent investor. But typically, the Republicans are better for the economy. But if the Democrats win, they're pretty more liberal with pumping fake money into the system. So that can be, I think of it as heads I win, tails I win type of a scenario. That's really where you should, you guys should get to at some point too. Figure out where the puck is going and skate to it, as the, uh, the great one said. But overall, bright outlook for housing, the demand for housing is very strong and the confidence required for individuals to purchase a home cannot be understated because of the low mortgage rates. And right now what's pushing up prices in a lot of areas is the low supply. So people aren't putting their homes on the market. I don't know if demand is higher or lower than normal. The prices are dictated by supply and demand. And right now, supply we know is low. So that is why prices are going up. So I really like the New York Times. So they came up with this article where they modeled the temporary laid off right after COVID happened and it really bulged out in April and then May and then has been tracking down in June, July, August. It really visualizes how big the temporary layoffs were. And on the right side here are the permanent lay layoffs throughout the months. Those of you guys listening in the podcast form, I also post this on the YouTube channel and check it out at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter where all these monthly reports will be held in case you ever miss these. So we are invested in Biloxi, Mississippi or Gulfport. And uh, maybe you've seen some of the hard rock t-shirts. I know that's the first time I saw Biloxi, but I went and stayed down here on 
it's like a casino row on the boardwalk there. But we have a couple of smaller apartments, a couple of hundred unit sizes there. But we chose not to do a cost segregation because in cost segregations, the crossover point to do one and spend five to $10,000 to do one to extract that bonus depreciation only makes sense if you're going to hold on to the property longer than three years. And you're just not too bullish on Biloxi in general in the really long, long term. I think something is a great market, but we opted not to do that cost segregation because once we rehab those units, we're going to probably just be out. But this new story popped up. So Universal Music and Dunkai U Ventures is putting a $1.2 billion entertainment destination in Biloxi. It, it is eclipsing the $750 million Blue Riverage Resort and Casino that the great Steve Wynn developed back in 1999. I'm not saying that this one project is going to sway my thinking on my exit strategy on those a couple of deals, but that's a lot of money. $1.2 billion is a lot of money to go in on a small town like that. So I'll be watching this. And these are the stories to be on the lookout for. Just like in Nashville, so Southwest Value Partners opens a 591-room Grand Hyatt Hotel within Nashville. Now, not saying that you're investing in hotels or anything, but hotels are a great indicator of progress. And Nashville is another market that I watch in that still cash flows. And it is a little bit of a buzz around the town of Nashville. I haven't found anything yet, but always looking, like I said, but Nashville is another market to be on the lookout for. This is reported by RE Business Online. A pretty nice building. So news out of California and Florida for the Mickey Mouse fans out there. Disney to lay off 28,000 employees at theme parks. So that ain't good. They're closed now. No one's going to this stuff. So this kind of makes sense. I'm sure these things will bounce right back once the pandemic fades away next year. Moving to Texas. So Business Now reports that Texas Central receives Fed approval to move ahead with the Houston-Dallas bullet train. So this thing is supposed to go 200 miles per hour and travel between Dallas and Houston in less than 90 miles. I don't know when this thing is going to be coming online, but that's going to be pretty cool. Texas is amazing. That's probably why it's being more democratic because everybody else from California is running to get the heck out of California. That's probably, I, I think that is why Arizona swung as a state to vote Democrat because a heck of a lot of people are Californians or ex-Californians moving over there. But again, not to get political or anything, but that's just people moving away and you got to follow where the people are. Texas is on fire still. And something like this, you know, you can't build something like this. This will get built a lot quicker, I think, than the Sacramento to California. I used to build railroad as my first career as a project engineer and track engineer. And I'll tell you, it's to build this track, it all takes like moving mountains to get all the land. And that ain't going to happen in a place like California. But Texas is the one place that you can get nice, long, linear pieces of land. John Burns reports, they put that together, these neat infographics. Again, if you guys check out the investor letters at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter, you can see these. Or I'll usually post these to Instagram channel or the Facebook page, but they want to compare what's a better place to invest, Florida or the Southeast. Three categories here. There's housing market, they think Florida has the advantage there. The rental market, they see it as a tie. And as far as economy, they're giving the nod to the general Southeast, benefiting from biotech, banking, manufacturing, industrial sectors. The reason they nudged it over Florida was because of Florida's service-oriented economy, like the Orlando 
knows what they're probably talking about. But Florida, Southeast, great places to invest, especially if you're looking for cash flow. All right. So we're looking at a chart from Arbor ranking the top markets. So Seattle, Phoenix, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Portland, Baltimore, Denver, Minneapolis, Columbia. This is a list of, um, this is like what they see as the new opportunities. Seattle's at the top. I don't really quite buy that. I think Seattle's a great market. It just doesn't cash flow, so I'm out. But Phoenix, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas are next. Phoenix and Austin follow closely behind Seattle, betting from resilient labor markets. Texas metros led by Dallas and Houston continue to capture an outsized share of large multifamily investment. So a little subnote here, I always recommend reading the whole article. Maturing millennial households have a growing desire for mixing the amenities of class A multifamily while also enjoying the space of the suburbs. So this is that push for what's being called the term suburban multifamily. Right? So not really in the CBD or business district, not the marijuana CBD, but that other CBD, but more on the outskirts and suburbs, maybe 20 minutes, an hour outside the city center is what they're talking about, these suburb multifamily performance. And that's what I like to invest in because there's a nice push towards that. A couple more graphs from Arbor. They're showing on the left here, large multifamily lending is going out to Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, Atlanta, then DC, New York, Denver, Philadelphia, Orlando, San Antonio. So four of those markets I like a lot. Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, and Atlanta are top four. Large multifamily lending to round out the other chart, which is they're ranking at percent share of loan account. Dallas, Houston, Phoenix, Atlanta. Then New York, Washington, Orlando, Philadelphia, San Antonio, and then the biggest and the last chart from Arbor here, they're trying to show the large multifamily lending. Now, where is the lending volume per capita happening? So the tops are Orlando, Denver, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Jacksonville, Florida, San Antonio, Austin, Charlotte, Nashville, Dallas. Now, I don't know all this really means, but it's just showing you where the action is happening. Right? Where's the activity happening? A little bit sad thing. You guys know uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman died last month. There's a story here that unfortunately the guy didn't have a will. So the wife files probate case. So that's unfortunate that when you don't have a will, you actually, when you, even when you do have a will, all your stuff means public out there. What you really want to have is a trust. So that's like one of those, I think that's a shady thing that lawyers do. They shouldn't make you a will because by making a will, they did sure they, they get the probate work when you die. Really, if they want to do it, they should be making you get a trust. So make sure you guys get a trust this year, especially if you have kids. Friends don't let friends have wills. Joint Center for Housing Studies from Harvard University, must be legit because it's Harvard, says that most homeowners started do-it-yourself projects during the pandemic. So normally they're hovering around the 60% and it went up to even as high as 78% in May of people starting a do-it-yourself self home maintenance project. So this is probably why my lumber prices skyrocketed right before we we're going to sign a contract. Luckily, lumber prices have come back down. And it's probably the same phenomenon why you guys can't buy flour at the grocery store because everybody's baking sourdough bread or whatnot. Another thing that I watch every year is this Pricewater Cooper accounting firm comes up with this they team up with the Urban Land Institute to have this conference every year that they call Emerging Trends. And they come up with this really cool report. It's, it's a nice read. Uh, it may not be super actionable, 
but they released the top 10 emerging markets that are as follows, Raleigh, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee. There's Nashville, like I said, Dallas, Fort Worth. We, we talk about Dallas all the time. Charlotte, North Carolina, Tampa, Florida, Salt Lake City, Washington, D.C., Boston, and Long Island, New York. So those are the top 10 emerging markets from the Urban Land Institute and Pricewater Merchants in Trends. When I read this report, I always keep in the back of my hand that they're capturing a lot of the luxury markets. So in this list, I probably throw out Washington, DC, Boston, New York, because they don't cash flow. So I, as an investor, am not hitting that pitch. National Real Estate Investor reports San Francisco apartment rents crater up to 31%. And yeah, most people are getting the heck out of San Francisco. Uh, a lot of the employers are telling their people to work from home because a lot of them are tech jobs and tech guys can work wherever they want for the most part. And if you have to stay at home and shelter in place and can't go out, why would you want to be in the hustle bustle in the city where there's in this time no social activities? So this is why people are getting the heck out of San Francisco. A lot of them are moving over to the Bay and Oakland or spreading out elsewhere. It is the U-Haul report time. This is when I'm getting... I always get excited every year the U-Haul report gets released. Here are the winners and losers. California, Seattle, Portland, just getting bombed. That's where getting people are getting the hell out of town there. And they are going to, you, yep, you guessed it, Texas, the Southeast, Jacksonville is labeled on here, Austin. And yep, you're, they're getting the heck out of the Northeast, New York, Boston, all those types of places. And if you haven't heard it, you need to get out of Chicago because that's that state is going underwater fast. Um, helping a lot of people get into turnkeys in Gary, Indiana, which is just on the other side of the border. So they're getting their beneficiary of a lot of people trying to get out of the state. Gary, Indiana is to Chicago, Illinois, like people living in Vancouver, Washington, but working in Portland. Bloomberg reports that Las Vegas tops the U.S. In rise of apartment tenants not paying rent. Those Las Vegas people. 10.6% of Vegas tenants missed a rent payment up to 4.1% year earlier. I don't know, these lost, I don't want to say anything bad, but eh, they seem like gamblers out there. But yeah, this is why I like to invest in more red states, especially in the South, Southeast. This seems to be typical of the, the Californian type of, or West Coast type of mindset, where you blame it on somebody else if you can't pay your rent and you never had your savings accounts. But yeah, maybe it's near side of me. A lot of these guys, they just can't work. So when you're a tourist-based economy and the hotels aren't open, you don't have very many options. But I don't know. That's just me. I think if you can't pay, you should tell your landlord to move out. So if you guys are struggling building your network, we always say building your network. Net worth is all about building your net worth. It's all about surrounding yourself with the right people. Going to the local RIA and the free online forums out there are some of the worst places to go for passive investors because everybody's broke, right? They're all into house flipping, being more active. A lot of people in our tribe are more passive investors that are pretty good with their money. They save their money prudently. So we've got a couple options for folks. If you guys are new, trying to build your net worth up to over at least quarter million dollars. And your prescription for that is buying a single family home or renter, especially if you live in a high 
price area or blue state, uh, check out the remote investor incubator and course that's at simplepassivecashflow.com session incubator will be starting the next class, probably in January, February. And if you guys are accredited investors and looking to take your way to the next level, one third of our scope is to analyze syndication deals, become a sophisticated investor, and at very least, not go on to those sucker deals, the daisy chain deals out there. You guys can check that out at simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. And this is where we teach and we put all our heads together on how you can do the simple passive cash flow gravy train, which is all about paying little to no taxes via getting the passive losses from these larger syndication deals and using that to pair with a real estate professional status tax strategy. A lot of ways you can do this wrong. But every situation is different. This is where we army with information to take it to your tax professional to, to set this stuff up for you. This We are probably rebranding this as the family office Ohana, trying to make it more of a community of high net worth investors. And it's going to be more of a collaborative. The preceding offers general personal finance information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor's situation is unique. Always seek the services of professional tax and legal advisors before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk.